This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi. Uh, how are things in New York? Good morning, Mom. They're beautiful. Fall in New York is wonderful as far as the weather goes. It's perfect. Now, 70 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. Wow. I, I should say, and I'm in California, and, and our guest is in, um, in New England, so... It's quite a thing being able to come on the air like this. Well, Heidi, I'm really interested in the show today because um, we're going to talk about widows. And I think one of the really interesting things to me about widows is there are so many of us, and there are not us, I'm not a widow, um, but the chances are we will be widowed in our lifetime because I think the uh, women die at, what, about um, 83 now and men more in their 70s and, and some, of course, even earlier. And uh, there are a lot of widows and widowers. But we're going to talk a little bit about widows today and and that journey of uh, widowhood after a long-term marriage. I don't know, Heidi, what are your thoughts about widowhood? Like you said, I think there's a lot more widows out there than widowers. I mean, my mother-in-law is an example of that. She became widowed in her 70s, and she said there were so many women and very few men out there. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean women live a lot longer, and so there's a chance that they will live and be single for a long time, because oftentimes they don't remarry. Yeah, uh, because, uh, you know, as I understand it from my widowed friends, uh, there aren't a lot of candidates of men out there, because uh, the uh, men do tend to die earlier. So uh, we want to talk a little bit about that journey with our guest today, and uh, about the wonderful book that she has written. You want to introduce her, Hyde? Sure, I'd love to. Our guest today is named Rosalie Stolinski Siciliano, and she was married for 41 years, and her husband died of a brain aneurysm followed by, it looks like, heart failure. Um, she has since written a book called Stormy Waters, which we'll be talking about today, Mom. Yeah, it, it's a great book. Well, Rosalie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome, Rosalie. Thanks, Heidi. It's great to have you on. Now, you're up in New England, right? I'm at my daughter's in Connecticut right now. Oh, in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. 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 Nice. That's still New England. <laughs> so uh, I was very interested. Your your book's a wonderful book published by uh, uh, Brown Book, Stormy Waters. And, it, you know, I like it. It's not too long. It's got your wonderful poetry in it. And we're going to cover some of that and talking about from darkness of grief, grief to light and hope. So um, it, it's a wonderful book. I, I wanted to, I was particularly interested in your story because I was married in 1962, 1960, as were you, right? That's right. Very young. I love in the book where you talk about getting your engagement ring. Quite an event. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that just so we can get a a feel of that sweetness between you and your husband. Well, we dated for quite a while. And my husband was in the Navy. And he came out of the Navy. And um, I was dating somebody else. And then he hung around with my brother. And they both went to college together for a year. And because he was around the house so much, it started out that he started to be interested in me and we dated for a while and it, of course it went into an engagement and I think that was probably the greatest highlight in my life is I worked at Erie Resistors Company which made diodes and my husband was working at another place but this going to school during the day and he came to the place where I work to pick me up and 
he doesn't usually get out of the car, but this time he got out of the car, walked up to me and opened the door and looked up at me and said, there's nothing on your finger. What's, what happened? There's nothing on your finger. And I said, well, what do you mean? And I got in the car, he got in the car, and he pulls out this engagement ring. And I thought mm. I was going to faint because I had no idea that we were going to be engaged at that time. It was... Wow. Uh, it, it, when you're that age, you know, you. I felt like he dazzled me and he took me into a whole nother sphere that I can't even explain. It was very exciting. And he then the, a, t- a space went by because you get so dreamy. And he says, well, will you marry me? And I couldn't speak because I was so in, into the whole thing. And then all of a sudden... I said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, be lo- yeah, that became that long... Was the beginning. Yeah, that long, wonderful life that you had together. So you went along with that life, had what, three girls? I have three daughters, yes. Uh-huh. Had three daughters, and then after uh, so many years, he suddenly passed away. Tell us about that. Um, did he die immediately, or it was sudden? Uh, no, uh, he died very short, fast. He was... Uh, it was like 101 degrees outside, and he drove to work. And I spoke to him maybe half hour before he uh, he walked in the building, and he fell. And they took him to the hospital, and they said that he had an aneurysm. And then I was like an hour and a half away with a client, and I drove to where he was, and he lived probably 24 hours. Wow. And wow. Uh, the combination between the... Um, um, aneurysm, they said that uh, actually the congestive heart failure the co- combined took him. It was very, very fast, unexpected, because two weeks prior to that, he had just gone to the doctor and got a clean bill of health. He had a EKG the whole nine yards, and, and, and what, everything was wow, perfectly wow. fine. And what year was that? 2001. Uh-huh. August 9th. In 2001. Wow. So sorry about about that. Um, so then you went, uh, when did you start writing your book and writing your thoughts? Well, I think I had it in my mind that I kept thinking and thinking to myself. I think we all do that. You question yourself. You ask, you know, did I do this right? Did I do that right? I would say probably within a month, I was putting things on little pieces of paper, on backs of books and in it just went on and on. I would say that fast. A, a form of journalizing. Um, and I didn't really do it to write a book. I did it to to get what was inside of me hurting so bad. I wanted to get that, rid of that pain. That's what I was I wondering, think, Rosalie. Did you, did you intentionally start out to write just that you wanted to get it no. out? And then you looked at it and said, wow, this could be a book. Actually, I didn't, but the girl in my office did, and others did, and, but it, it was for my sanity, it was for my release, it was for me to learn how to deal with the grief, and to deal with the living of every day, and I found that if I wrote down everything I was feeling, and if I go back, it was amazing that I still felt that way, but it became like somebody was talking to me, like my mm. words were helping me calm down because you're, you don't want to say to a friend or a loved one or a, any of my daughters exactly what you're feeling. You kind of feel awkward. So if you put it on paper and you go back, I'll tell you, I think it, it makes you extremely humble. 
Well, you you don't have to filter anything. You can tell it really like it is because nobody's giving you any feedback. How how did it humble you? Did it make you... It made me understand that I'm not the only one there, and for one thing. But the, the, the humbling part was, why should I be so angry when our Lord gave me so much? I had 41 years of wonderful years, and mm-hmm. that's where the humbling came. You just can't take everything for granted, and I think I did. You know, we, we lived, we did, we went, and you don't realize what a beautiful life you have. Could you do me a favor and, and read one of your poems? I loved it. The Bond of uh, Togetherness. Sure. Uh, the Bond of t- Togetherness. I was Mrs. I was one of two. I was the other half. We were meshed and we were one. A unity of thoughts, of ideas, of goals, of adventures. But what am, what am I now? What are we now? Yeah, that that is powerful. And on the next page, you show a picture of you looking in the mirror and say that one night I got out of bed and saw half of me in the bathroom mirror. Where was the other half? I think that was very traumatic for me, the most traumatic of anything, even to this day, because I did feel half of me was missing. And even though I remarried, I still feel that there's part of what you had all your life is gone. Mm-hmm. So part of your part of you is gone. It, you'll never regain it. it. It's it's a love. It's a history. It's a story. It it's behind you, but it's still it's still settling inside of your heart. It's a, a hidden place, I will say. Uh, so it sounds like Rosalie, you had to reinvent yourself to a certain extent. Oh, I think you're absolutely the, the, the best. The new you. The new. I had to find okay. really who I was as a single person. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it be, having my own business and being busy is one thing, but you'd come home to somebody. You'd come home to, to vent. You'd come home to love. You'd come home to cuddle. But now you had to decide who and how and where you were going to go by yourself. You couldn't depend on your children. They were there to depend on, but you really have to be realistic and remember their pain is just as bad if not greater than yours because they lost their father right i that was a great question a comment heidi i that's really like a tease to the brain because it's an awful awful feeling to be alone how did you get to the point where you moved on and, and started dating because uh, we've had friends tell us uh, that that can be really difficult. We had a friend, Jim, who, who has sent us this comment. It's been two years, and friends have tried to set me up with dates, but I just can't seem to get myself out there. Uh, do you have any thoughts? I honestly don't think that you can get your thoughts out there, so to speak. I think that you're always in a mode of remembering what you had, but then it quietly gets suppressed, and then... When somebody says you want to go out with somebody, you're not sure you want to do it because you question, do I have the right to? Do I have the right to uh, offend my husband who died? Do I have the right to hurt my children because they had that father for so many years? Well, what happened in my case is all three of my girls got together and they came to the house and said, you know, Mama, it's almost three years. I think you should date. So they more or less were the ones that were the avenue that opened the door 
to give me permission. And they also, and they also, yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Really, they gave you permission, which is a beautiful thing on their part to be able to do that. You better believe it, because I know a lot of people that are remarried and they still don't have their children's permission. Right, and and sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's connected with finances, too. People are afraid that you'll spend their money on your spouse or whatever. And your girls sound like amazing girls. I think girls. I ever thought about that, but, or my girls, because my girls were all, I don't know that any of us thought about that. Maybe somewhere along the line. Finally, when I decided to get married, um, finances came into picture. You know, what do you do with your money and what does he do with his money? And is it going to be one or you know, the questions come then, but I can honestly say it didn't enter my thought of um, dating at all. Some people tell me that it has, because I know a lot of people that women are very well off, and they meet somebody, and he's not. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it wasn't a problem for you. Well, tell me, we've got newly briefed women out there. What is your first piece of advice if, you know, I'm really feeling down and out and like I don't have a life anymore? Pray. I think that's the, that's, the, that's the only thing you can do because you can be angry. You can have all the temper tantrums you want. You can be as frustrated and frightened, and you can feel that you're in the darkness, that there's no light. But if you very, very intently, with great intention, and with all the power in your body, put it into prayer and keep praying and praying, our Lord will lead you. I think that mm-hmm. for me... Prayer and my connection with our Lord is a bond of one. And if you don't think you have the answers, which you don't, he, he gets those questions in your mind answered through solace and, and peace where you didn't have that before. And there came a time where I can honestly tell you, that, uh, Heidi and Gloria, that I would pray and pray till I think I was bled through prayer. And one day I opened my eyes and started to think about the prayers that I was praying. And I realized that those prayers are being answered, but they're not being answered in my time. But slowly they were being answered. And I have proof of it. The the Mm -hmm. fellow that I met, my daughter actually introduced my husband to me. And it's through prayer. And on his side was the same thing because he lost a wife. But I would say number one thing is prayer. Now that brings, and number two would yeah. be. Ex- oh, go ahead. Give me your number two, and then I want you to read your poem because I know you have a poem that that kind of fits into this, right? I think acceptance. I think number two is to accept the fact that you you can have all these tantrums you want, but he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. You really have to yeah. accept it. Mm-hmm. And the poem that I think goes along with what we're talking about is called Petition. And it says, Lord, do I have the right to ask to have someone so near? I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone here. I want the comfort and love again. I want the company and someone to hold me. I want the love I had and that I hold dear to my heart. Lord, touch me. And let me know what you want. Well, teach a, me what you want. Yeah, I love that. Because you, you don't have all the answers. You truly don't. I mean, I have a friend that just lost her husband recently, and she doesn't even want to read the book. She doesn't want to talk to you because mm-hmm. she sits there and looks at all the pictures and everything that reminds her of what she had. 
but you have right. to accept the fact that it's gone. Mm-hmm. So, so she's not there yet. She's, 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 she's still in the, temp, the tantrum stage. She, she's exactly. not there yet. Yeah. Well, listen. For I think the, you're absolutely right. For those who are there, Rosalie, and who, uh, for those who would like to get your book, tell us how you get it. It's published by Brown Books, and uh, I imagine you can get it through um, Amazon. And Do you have a website? Barnes & Nobles. Yeah, I have a website, uh, Stormy Waters. Okay. So www.stormywaters. Great. You can get it from there. All right. Well, it's a wonderful book, and I must say uh, it's a wonderful book to read as a widow. And also, it would be a wonderful gift. If you're a therapist, it would be a great gift to recommend, a great book to recommend to your clients who've had a loss because you don't have to read it from beginning to end. You can open it up and, and read some of Rosalie's wonderful poetry and wonderful thoughts. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Rosalie. Thank you, Rosalie, and thank you for thank you for inspiring people to find a new beginning. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, and have a wonderful time with your daughter. And uh, best wishes to your husband. Thank you very much. Well, Heidi, uh, that was a really interesting show today. I think uh, an important one. And Rosalie's pretty amazing, isn't she? Absolutely, she said so many really powerful things and really important things about how to get go from despair towards a new beginning. So it was great. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, it, she just showed that that depth, the despair, and then and then moving on it, and that you're not going to have the same life you had, but it's a life worth a living. Exactly, Mom. Well, look forward to talking to you again next week, and uh, please visit us on our Open to Hope site, and where you're going to be able to go, log in and uh, go on to our over. 500 radio shows, YouTubes, and all sorts of things for you there. So thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.